it was like eight hours of droning, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> dude. I mean, after a while, you get you almost feel like you're being like tortured. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Plus, I will say when we what went a sales pitch, after a while, you do feel dude, like you're being tortured. It makes you like like you have to get up and like do other things. All right, well, dude, I think it's time we should maybe do this thing. Let's do it, you macho man. Do you feel good? I do. All right, I feel good too. Here we go. Here we go. Episode, episode 166. Here we go. Gear Buds. Here we go. Gear Buds Podcast. Episode 166, Gear Buds Podcast. I'm Henry. That's Dave. Hello. This is our show that we do. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for meeting me a couple days early this week. We're doing it early this week, yep. folks. So if it's, we don't catch up on the news, maybe something will happen tomorrow or the next day. There's going to be... De- we're definitely going to miss out in the... Like the, four days worth of good the, stuff. The hard-raging, quick-turning world of gear news. You know what it is, too? Post-mam. Those Friday morning posts, like sometimes Guitar you know, uh, guitar mm-hmm. Magazine and stuff like that will put those out, you know? And Oh, I saw a tweet in between the time I locked... The outline <laughs> and you got here really? about some updates that we may or may not. I mean, it's Ooh, I it's it? uh, yeah. no, I didn't even put it on here because it's like, it's just yeah. like that's how this world turns yep. and we're gonna keep on turning with it. What are we bumbling out about? Here we go. Symphony right. of corrections. This is the segment every week where we uh, correct the symphony. And uh, here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. And uh, thank you for listening. If you're listening now or have ever listened in the past and are just like thinking about listening right now, thank you. And follow us on the stuff, subscribe on the stuff, email us at the stuff, gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. We'll shout out if you reach out. Uh, dude, I, okay, so you're just, you're filling me in on your weekend a little bit. I yeah. I, I've got a little quick little thing in the symphony that I want to share in here that I think you'll appreciate. Uh, right. So I uh, had the old, the old Father's Day this weekend and went to my grandfather's house as we were wont to do. Uh, it's a, it's typically like the family party house. He's got a pool and whatnot. Yeah. Jealous Anyways, of the pool, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I've, I've actually kind of got a decent tan going nice. already. I'm feeling pretty decent about it. Uh, but anyways, I I walk up and it's got a, he's got a long driveway and at the end is the garage and the garage is open and I notice that his upright piano that's typically in the back room before you get onto the deck uh, is in the garage. So interesting. I was like, that's yeah, that's interesting. And then I remembered, aha, that's right. He just had a bunch of the floors redone. Uh, yes. So they had to get that out of the way went and plunked out a couple numbers on there and then went about my business well then later on in the day my brother-in-law is like so i've got another job for us and i was like you gotta move that piano if it's that piano (laughs) absolutely not because you know that's like he helps me with stuff i help him out. i have moved this like super gym size and heaviness and quality uh, elliptical machine with him recently anyways like i do we do stuff like that for each other but i told him i was like i'm sorry but i'm absolutely not going to move that piano with you. He's like, <laughs> why not? i was like dude i was like I, I i don't know if you know this but moving pianos is the worst is the worst and people charge an exorbitant amount of money for that yep. because it is ridiculous and super you need like special straps yep. and yep. enough people and uh, plan and I was like, I'm just sorry, I'm not gonna move that with you. So Usually, like, like they dolly, charge by the step yeah. to move a piano. I was gonna so say like, like a, even a dolly with like wheels or you know with like a ramp or something might be like ideal. I don't know. It's depending on the super stairs. heavy. You can't you can barely budget yourself. I'm yeah. I don't know how they got it. I like I didn't even ask how they got it into the garage to begin with. You know these mm-hmm. people who did the floors because it it must have been just like six he men that 
shoved it. It's but amazing. I was just like, I'm sorry, I can't do that yeah. with you, brother. So I wanted, it felt like that was, it was worth uh, sharing the symphony. That here. is, man. And it's actually funny you brought that up. A friend of mine uh, who's a musician, uh, his name's Brandon, shout out, just got a, pi- a piano for Father's Day. Beautiful. And his wife surprised him with uh-huh. it. And she had the neighbor had to help move it in because like they had to she put it like in the house so when he came home he's like oh shit you know an upright there's a piano yeah and he was like how the hell did you get that in she's like oh the neighbor and like a bunch of people had to move it so it was like four people had to move that thing not fun man not fun so uh yeah piano movers it's a heck of a business uh, I've got a couple screenshots here of some. We've got some fun Craigslist ads, yeah. ads this week, and the one that we were talking about earlier is something that I just have never seen before. So I wanted to talk about it real quick with you, and that was that uh, quote headline: "Beautiful stained vintage Fender for five hundred dollars." Oh yeah, Craigslist. that was weird. And it was a custom. Uh, here's the description. It, you know the picture. It looks like any sort of decent parts caster you yeah, know it's like a rose kind of fret a strip, board, finish, strip finish whatever but it says custom made vintage fender stained with a 2015 vintage Rapasso wine and so you might be thinking is Rapasso wine like a color that from the gibson catalog it, or something yeah. no it's it's literally a type of wine okay and they stained the wood of the guitar with wine that's kind of cool yeah I mean, I don't know if I'll ever do it. I'm not a big wine guy. It doesn't look half bad. I ca- it, looked, it just you know, kind of darkened make, it. A yeah, little. it just yeah. kind of gives it this like it's not like purple, slightly rosy. It, you know what? It kind of it looks like a like a cutting board, but like in a nice, yes. in a nice way. But that it, you might it does find look like the they really finished and it and put some time into it. And it had yeah. something even on like the back plate. Was there some kind of like authenticity certificate or something? No, I don't. I don't think so. I thought there was something else it's, weird it's going just, on. With no, it. it's just a pretty straight up three pickup strap, but it's okay. got it's got wine all over it. I mean, yeah. So I would try it. I don't like that they called it a vintage Fender in the headline, but yeah. it's still it's. I've seen worse. I just I just have never. It seen It really takes the term vintage to a whole new uh, meaning. Dude, it? here we go. I got another Craigslist ad for you. Here's the headline: Fake ad. This loser is a repeat trick player selling RCA ribbons. Hell yeah! And then it's a picture of an RCA ribbon, Mike, and then the description says. This guy always posts ads for desirable RCA ribbon mics at very low prices. Always clean looking mics. He's running one right now. Don't bother responding. He tries to get you to drive down to Southern Illinois to do the deal. Gives you an address right off the bat. This time he wants you to drive to St. Louis before or some other town what? in Central Illinois. It's a game. And he's a common dipshit who's probably in Chicago. Always remember if it's too good to be true, it probably is a This scam. guy probably drove to go get the ribbon mics. You I'm know assuming. this dude yeah, drove he's pissed. <laughs> out to freaking Carbondale. I'd be pissed too, man. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, just a little tip. If you're gonna go pick something up like that and you drive that far, talk to the person first. Have I mean, a phone call. Maybe, dude. These days, video chat. You yeah. Know, there's honestly. a lot of things you could do to, if you're gonna be driving that far. And you should be able to tell right away if this person's scamming you. Or so not. I, you know, I support this poster. Obviously, yeah. he's been burned. Uh, it's still, it's still giving me sucks some for that guy, man. It does. Oh, you know what? I wanted to update. So remember, we talked about the Metallica musician thing. Yeah. Last week, for those who might have missed that episode, how fucking dare you? But yeah. also, Come on. if you did, uh, Metallica teamed up with Musician to provide hands-on video lessons of their own songs and show you the right way to play yeah. stuff. And it's really cool. really cool. It's a really cool idea. I was looking at it a little more, and I noticed that Musician also has something else. And so they have an app called Guitar Tuna, which is like a free uh, tuner app that's been on the... Yeah, I think I've heard of I'm it. sure you have. Yeah. But it's it's like it's been around for a long time, and I it's also musician makes this. Well, I guess back in April they announced this thing called Guitar Tuna Play, which is what they're calling a first of its kind AI technology 
This is like a, an expansion to the app. Guitar Tuna Play enables guitarists to play along to songs at their own pace without the interruption of having to touch a screen or turn a page. So it's it's that. like a you know music chart tablature sort yep. of deal, but it freaking listens. It, it goes and it just like scrolls and keeps it moving along with where you are. Brilliant. Isn't so they use AI incredible? to do that. Then? Yeah, it says AI. It does this by utilizing the smartphone, uh, uh, your smartphone's microphone, listens, recognizes the sequence of chords or notes a guitarist is playing, and then auto scrolls chords. And then sheet. if you stop, ideally it stops scrolling. That's fucking right? brilliant, dude. I love that. Which I guess that if if there are rests, you do want it to keep moving. So Ooh, I'm not sure call. about that, but yeah. uh, it's uh, the, it offers an ever expanding pro quality library of thousands of songs across multiple gen- genres, including pop, rock, folk, alternative, and country. There's different skill levels with simplified versions for beginners, also faithful for versions for advanced players. A bunch of interactive features, including core library, metronome, trainers, and games. And so the app is available right now, but I couldn't really... I, it, I'm not sure if the actual play part is released yet I, it, or how much that's going to cost. I couldn't. Yeah. I was trying to find it out, and I couldn't figure it out. Huh. But they did a, They did press releases about this back in April, and I just somehow freaking missed it. Yeah, I mean, that technology is badass, though. Isn't man. that cool? I could have used that this weekend playing covers. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? It's That is a real problem, switching yeah. music while you're playing yep. and singing. Because I printed out sheets, and then I still had to stop and like flip a exactly. page. Yeah, it was crazy. You could have absolutely used <laughs> Guitar Tune to play this weekend. Too bad we don't have a freaking time machine, yeah, Dave. Yeah, man. What are you going to do? Well, we're talking about phone apps. I wanted to give an update here. Uh, so we've talked a lot about the teenage engineering op1 in recent mm-hmm. episodes yep and all their teenage engineering things as well it's quite hot on the market well the new one too, the the field and yeah. the, that little mixer that came out well i also it turns out they have a deep integration and uh, sort of partnership now with google and android phones hmm. where there is a teenage engineering it's called um let's find it here pop pixel uh, and it's it's basically the pocket operator, like this thing that I have right here that I'm pointing to that nobody else can see except you, Dave. But it's now like built in, like with through, through an app for free, I think. You can now get that built into your Android phone, huh. which is pretty That's cool. very cool. One of the ma- common complaints about Android as a uh, platform is that it's not typically very friendly with musicians and uh, interactivity with other apps and support and all that sort of stuff. So it's cool to see, I guess, someone branching out, although to be totally honest, I would love it if I could have it on my iPhone. Instead. <laughs> uh, so, but I thought that was pretty cool. If anybody listening out there has got an Android phone and yeah. you want, don't have that yet, go get the uh, their teenage engineering deal. And it's so it's kind of cool too. It's it takes a unique approach. Like it does has like synths and drum machines and whatever. But it's also you can record either just like audio or video, right. and it'll like do stuff in the app with the video too. So That's you can cool. Get visual interactive oh, wow. stuff with the music and the audio that you're sampling from it too. I love really that. Cool. Yeah. I wish honestly, like I have an Android device. I was going to say, do you have, have like a, a tablet or something? I do, but I haven't turned it on in yeah. probably a year and um, maybe it still works. I've got a Samsung phone. But, oh, but the point home. is that you have to have a Google Pixel phone. Oh, it has to be Google the Pixel. The Pixel. Yeah. Gotcha. That's a deal. Mm. So if you got a Pixel, I should say, not just Android. There you go. Or some way to trick a computer into thinking of a pixel i suppose let us know let us <laughs> because we're not cool enough to know ourselves finally i just also a little nerdy plugin uh, update here a waves if you're a waves plugin user they're now going to v14 uh if you're if for those of you who use wave plugins you know that you've got this little waves central uh software management app and and it's constantly trying to push different updates and such on you and then it turns out if when you buy the plugin say you buy like version 12 Typically, you have to like pay a certain nominal amount of money to actually go to like the next full 
quote unquote version, like to 13. So now it's kind of a big deal that Waves is now going to V14 because that means that soon those of us that have apps that we don't want to, or plugins that we don't want to pay to upgrade are no longer going to be able to like get the new features right. and stuff. Right. And I guess they've added like mix knobs and stuff that a couple of people have wanted on some That's compressors cool. and whatnot. So there are some worthwhile upgrades. I'm sure it'll sound a little better. So it's kind of like all oh, the rest of us who don't want to pay are just going to have some old plugins. I feel now. like, you know, I just sometimes I feel like with stuff like that, they should at least give a discount to people who there's a, there's okay. a discount. It's okay. not, it's not full price, but yeah. it's still just like, I know. I already paid for this. Come on, man. I feel a little, a little goofers about yeah. that. But you can still use the old set. You absolutely I mean, can. Yeah. yeah. But you can, you, you're totally going to feel absolute. bad about yourself when you do. Yeah. It's not going to be the best. Obviously, everybody knows if you don't have the most up-to-date plug-in version, yeah. Newest you should bestest. just fucking stop playing music because <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be good. That's right. You're only hindering yourself. <sighs> Anyways, glad to get that off my chest because now my friend Dave get those freaking notes out. Dude. I get to take my sing or talk i don't know what i'm gonna do yet my two favorite words that i get to say every week are dave's docs are dave's docs my two favorite words i say every week are dave's docs dave's docs dave's docs dave's docs yeah what nice. do you got get the 80s yeah. uh, i love it dude gotta do the, the uh, high school musical ending yeah nice uh, for Dave's Docs, I've got a Saved by the Bell today. No, Are we going to do High School Musical? Yeah, I was going to do. A little Zach Efron. A little Zephron. A little young Zach Efron. Um, little virgins. So I've been watching some long docs lately. Yeah, you and have. T- and this week was a shorter week. It's a short week. Uh, it was very busy. So I, I did a mini doc. What do you got? I, I busted out a rock and roll true stories. Everybody's favorite. Yours. Everybody's indeed. favorite uh, 10 to 15 to 20 minute mm-hmm. documentary series. And today I learned about Tears for Fears. Okay, tell us about. Do Tears you know anything Fears? about Tears? I know that everybody that wants to bangers. rule the world. Right, that's they have some about bangers, it. dude. Some good songs. They got some bangers. Head over heels. Is Slappers. A great song. Which one's that? Dun, 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 head over heels. Oh yeah, that's that's great bangs or slaps. Uh, that song bangs, and then Mad World was like one of their first hits. Oh, that's a really good song. I thought that was yeah. Gary Jules. Or did he just cover it? I think he covered okay. it. They, they wrote the original. Um, All right, dude. Tell us about Tears for Fears. They're from Bath, England. Mm. Which I I just love that. What is if, what does their particular accent sound like? Bath, England. Give me, uh, we're from Bath. <laughs> we're tears for fears. <laughs> Same one every time. Uh, so there's there's oh I needed a belly laugh. There's two guys. There's two guys. Um, there's Roland Orzabal and Kurt Smith. Roland was kind of the musician of the band. Kurt Smith also played guitar, but um, did vocals. Dude, I gotta be honest. Like, with a name like that, I'm surprised that I've never fucking heard it before. Roland Orzabal. Roland Orzabal. As soon as they said it, I was like, "Oh, I've heard that before." Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Sounds like a wizard. They were kind of. Uh, this is interesting because they kind of played into their band had a theme for sure. Like they had this, and and, and especially in the early '80s, I think they formed in like '80 uh, or in eight, 1981. They were in a group originally called the Graduate. And uh, that was only from eighty to eighty-one. Big Dustin Hoffman fans. Yeah, I know, right? They had a, they had, a, they had some hits. I think they sold a million records uh, worldwide with, with that first band or something. With the Graduate. Yeah. I was Hot like, dang. What? Okay. Um, then they heard Gary Newman for the first time, and they're like, "Oh shit, let's do." Because I think they were more dropped. like a rock band at first. Oh, okay. And their balls dropped. So then they formed Tears for Fears. Um, they kind what of, does that mean? So they got it out of a book. Um, and it was a book. I forget who the uh, they mentioned the author's name, and I forget now. I didn't write it down because if anyone watches Rock and Roll True Stories, <laughs> that if you're not pausing every like ten seconds, you're, you're right, not keeping. This guy's like the Micro Machines guy telling the story, dude. It's wild. So 
Uh, they so Tears for Fears was kind of is there is there is he the most famous fast talker like is there is there another cultural touchstone that would like that is there anyone else that we could that no. anyone might be like oh who's the fast talker like Micro Machines guy is well the like only those one auction guys like you watch this, uh, Barrett Jackson you know oh, yeah, auto auctions totally. and stuff I think though I think there's more That's of true. them now but he was the most famous for sure Micro Machines guy gotta wow. get Dang. Yeah, dude. Micro Machines rule. I wonder if they I wonder if they ever sped his voice up. I wonder if that was all just legit. I think it was legit. That was pre-steroid era. Do you want, well, we were talking about Saved by the Bell a second yeah. ago. I started watching Saved by the Bell on Netflix. They, like the original? Yeah, it's all it's on, on there. there? Like I didn't every know that. season. It's terrible. Oh, I bet. But one of the first episodes, they that guy's one when of the When you say teachers. first episodes, we're talking like junior high. like Before when Slater's yeah, even on the totally, show. Yeah. Yeah. They uh that guy's in an episode and they um He's like a he's like a teacher that you know he just talks so fast and everybody's like we can't understand. Like, I what vaguely saying? remember that because I used to watch a shit. Like there's a part where like Lisa's writing and her uh, her pencil's like on fire, <laughs> like it's smoking because she's writing so fast. Lisa Turtle. Yeah, Lisa Turtle. Jesse Spangler. Spano. Spano. Spangler. Egon Spangler. There it is. Yeah. All right. Okay. So back to the back fears. to the fucking thing. Tears for Fears. 1983. The first record was called The Hurting. Um, so they always had like this childhood trauma, anxiety, depression. Wait, okay, kind so of, you said it's two guys, but so guys. did they just have like did they have other people play with them or? I will anything? get to that. Okay, because they uh, I did end up watching some live footage because uh-huh. I wanted to I wanted to know more. Yeah, you know. Um, so I will get to that. But basically, um, Mad World, which was their big hit, was written by Orzabal on okay. guitar. He this is kind of funny. They have a theme too, where like everything they made, they hated. They were like, we hated the way it turned out, and it's like that was your that was your huge. Yeah, I feel that record. way about everything I've ever done. Yeah, so, so they fine. they hated it. Oh, that's what sold one million copies worldwide. Not the other band. I've made a okay boo boo on my notes. So the graduate, not so much. The graduate probably didn't do very well. Sure. I think they had some success, but didn't make it. Not fall, as big fall as outside bath, mate. Not as big as Taste for Fears. <laughs> so, uh, they didn't tour with the first record. They actually stayed. They stuck around Bath, and uh, they decided like, what now? They were on a record label, not a big one. Um, but they're like, what should we do now? Let's do a second record. And they released a single first and it was like, they hated it. It was the worst song in the record. I think the label made them put that song out. They're like, that's going to be the single. And they're like, we hate this song. Yeah. I don't know why they wrote a song they hate, but like, whatever. They put it out. It was terrible. It stunk up the place. Nobody it stunk liked up it. the place. Uh, I don't think that record really had any hits on it. Then Songs from the Big Chair was the 1983 I've record. I've heard that title before. Shout, Head Over Heels, and Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Shout, shout. Let it all out. I like the disturbed oh, yeah, version of that song. Shout! Yeah. Shout! <laughs> let it all out. Yeah, dude. Oh, I'm just, I was trying to like make, I, I don't know if you caught it, but I was trying to impersonate the sound of having two of, weird yeah, like metal the jangly things from metal chin. things from yeah. his chin. Sorry. Uh, so that was pretty much it. They kind of got compared to Wham. Uh, that was kind of their thing. And they're like, you know, our way dem- better than Wham. Yeah, they were like, we're way better than Wham. And our demographic is way wider than like Wham. Because Wham was like a, a poppy like yeah, band for like, little band. girls. Yeah. They were like, no, dude, we, we have old people that like us too. Man. We Fuck have oldies. Um, basically, they still hated everything they've done. They went to go record another record in 89. And no, it started it in 86. And after two years of working on it, they threw everything away. Dude, I've like, decided this. in this moment that I'm a Tears for Fears fan. Yeah, they hate themselves. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and and it, again, it goes along with kind of their whole background and everything because they were, they were like raised by single moms and they just kind of had this like negative outlook on the world and family and like... All the things is that people go through. A poor town, mate. I think it is. I think I think so. Um, basically, probably industrial shipping town in it. Probably in it. <laughs> That's good. Um, so that was pretty much it. And then you know, Orzabal. 
Oh, so then, like, they kind of have, like, creative differences, and Chad Smith was like, was his name Chad Smith or Chet Smith? <laughs> I think you just got a little chili peppers in your, in your fears. Kurt Smith. <laughs> Kurt Smith. I apologize, Chad Smith, for confusing you. I apologize, Kurt Smith. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Smith. Anyways, he uh, they, he was, like, the the vocals, and but they both sang certain songs and wrote certain songs. Mm-hmm. Well, he was like, he wasn't getting, like, the recognition that he wanted, Everyone was like, oh, he, he doesn't actually write any of the music. He just kind of comes to the video shoots and hangs out, which is crazy. Because uh, he's like the face of the band. He's the yeah. one that looks like uh, like Ducky from, uh, what's that 80s movie? What? Yeah, there's a, uh, they got him Two and a Half Men. He kind of looks like Laura that Robert guy. Ducky? Who's that guy? Charlie uh, Sheen? No, the other guy. I've never watched Two and a Half Men. Oh. Uh, Ashton Kutcher? No, he's, no, no, no. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh, Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, Brad Pitt. He looks like Brad Pitt. Um, so he, so get this, dude. They So they break up. And well, he leaves, and the other guy, Orzabal, is like, dude, I'm taking the band name. I'm going to release a Greatest Hits record. The Greatest Hits record only had his songs on oh, it. Oh, hell yeah. Which is a fucking wow. tight move, dude. That's, that's um, a real good way to kick someone's uh, income out of the way. And I'll wrap it up by saying in 2004, they did reunite. They did. Okay, so they broke up back then. Mm-hmm. How long ago? That was like 92. 20, 20, oh, so like 10 years. 92 to 2004. 12 years. They were broken up. They got back together. They kind of got on the bandwagon of the 80s, like revival kind of bands. Duran Duran yeah. and like some of these guys. Cash in. Touring, cash in. Still together today. And they, oh. re- they released a 2022 album called Tipping Point. Really? Did you listen? I did not. But Okay, so back to the previous question about the live thing. Yeah, so I watched them What's live. the deal with the live so, show? So this is actually a pretty good performance. I would watch this if uh, if you're interested. The, it's uh, 1983, live in Cologne. So they only had the first record out. Hmm. But writing the hits of record two, perhaps? No. Yeah, well, record three was really the one with the hits on it. Oh, so it they didn't. Yeah, so they didn't play any of those oh. songs. They did have a good song called Memories Fade, which I think you would recognize if okay. you heard that song. Um, he's playing, uh, so live... Uh, my boy Smith is playing a red Telecaster and singing lead vocals on the first song. Mm-hmm. Um, Orzabal is playing a headless bass. Ooh. Total Steinberger. Steinberger. Yeah, some, one of those. It might not even be. It looked like a different brand even. Dude. What was this little paddle shaped? It was black and with paddle shaped. It was just so nasty. But he's actually a really good bass player. He was playing some cool, cool. some sicky lines. Tooth synth players on stage. Yeah. And a drummer that where he was awesome. The drummer's really fun to watch. Playing live drums? Playing live drums with headphones on. So I can assume maybe yeah. he had a click track sure. or had some synth going through. They played with a lot of arpeggio synth, which was which was uh, arpeggiators for freaking days, which is kind of funny. I mean, think back to like 83. You're like, you know, 80s music had that thing. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like that was even later on. Yeah. I mean, we've got to give it up for Craftwork. They're either the one. Yeah. That I think when I think of like early arpeggiation. Sure. Arpeggiator based stuff. And yeah, yeah, these I guys know, I know what that. you're talking about. I love that sound. It's, yeah. And it's hard to pull it off, too. And, and you it, have to do it. That that's probably why the head the drummer has a headphone headphone you have, on because yeah. to keep arpeggiation sound sounding good like oh if it can get real ugly well and, and even on those anal- those old analog synths like yeah. they're you're not dialing in the BPM it's usually like a slider yeah, or something dawn a midi yeah so it's then. you know and they might have had some digital setups there I don't cool. know but anyways it was pretty cool but it to watch. good. Yeah, it sounded really cool. It's it's off like an old VHS, so the quality is not perfect. Oh, dude, that just adds to the vibe. And I will say this, man, I can see why he kicked the guy out of the band because Smith has a way better voice than the other guy than Orzabal. Really? Who was like writing all the music and stuff? Way better, like way stronger. Yeah. Even like it sounded like his mic was even louder in the performance. Huh. I was like, this is Orzabal looked pretty timid up there on stage. I'm Dang. not gonna lie. I'm not crying. Uh, I think I just got gorilla glue in my. No, eye. it's pretty. It's pretty exciting stuff yeah. they play mad world at the end of that performance oh, as an encore that's right because it was an early song and it's a totally wacky version it has like synth like uh synth saxophone sounds in it dude it's, it's pretty bad dude i was like this is not cool like i think the cover of that song is actually better than that song 
Uh, so, that being said, I give it a six out of ten tiers. But you know what? Because of the live performance, so I bumped it up four fears. I bumped it up to a to a seven point five out of ten because oh, I watched the live wow. performance. Because I wanted to see what they're all about. Two guys. They only talk about these two guys, and yeah. then there's like five or six guys on stage. So I'm like, all right. Were you going into this? Would you have considered yourself a T for F fan? So you know what's funny? When I was hanging out with Matt Witt a couple weeks ago, we listened to that record on vinyl, the 1983 record. Oh, interesting. And it's awesome, man. The I, songs for the big chair. I forgot that uh, Head Over Heels has this insane intro where it's like... Oh, yeah. You know, you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? I know exactly what yeah, you're Yeah, it's really about. cool. Yeah. And then they go into the song and you're like... Da, 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 da. And it sounds like they recorded a lot of that kind of live and kind of... Uh, it sounds very... They're not as like electronic-y sounding as as kind of I remember, you know. Okay. They're like, oh, we can pull this off live. Maybe that's, that's just cool. through the lens of having heard a lot more electronic-y stuff yeah, too. Absolutely. So, but yeah, would I, you say you're more of a fan now? Yeah, more of a fan after watching. Yeah. Um, and again, like just a couple weeks ago when I listened to that vinyl, I was like, ooh, I want to get the, get a copy of that because that's uh, Add it to it's the a great record. Add front it to the wish back. list, baby. Yeah, baby. You got it, dude. Ooh, nice one. Tears for fears. You, do you you were playing with us with volcanoes when we covered that song? Which we, one? We covered... Um, Head Over Heels? No, no, no. Uh, the other one. The Shout? One we, no. <laughs> Mad World? No. <laughs> Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Oh. We covered that at Schubert's. Oh, I believe I, I do recall that. Yes. That was at a gig I played with you guys. That's right. So for that song will forever be close to, my, close to my heart. Heck yeah. Are there any cover songs you've done that you just like really hate? Mm. In like your band, like, because a lot of bands will be like, oh, yeah, we'll just like pick this up, but like a cover song where you're like, your band would like play it. You know, have you ever had like songs where you like would play a cover regularly? We did one of, uh, went back when I was in the Sapiens. What's the one that's like a, it's a Madonna song? It's like, La I La Blonita. It sounds familiar. Dun, I don't know. I'm sure it's a crowd pleaser. It's a jam, but it's just, I hate it. I just thought it was a cheesy song. I yeah. Like playing it. Although my band now is trying to get me to play uh, Beetle Bum by um, Blur. I'm not sure if I and know. And we've that. only done it in the practice space. And every time they're like, you got to do it. And I'm like, dude, it's such an obscure B-side. Like, even if we learn it and play it, no one's going to know it when they hear well, it. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to keep the band happy. I know. I, I'm doing it. I'm, yeah, I did I'm it. doing it. It's really it. high vocals. What about yourself? I could I, I like, I know I just asked you that question, but I couldn't. I'm trying to think of like I tried to come up with something. The best I could come up with probably vampires we it was a pretty good cover i guess but we did a bruce springsteen song Which and one? i just like that's that's the thing is like I, I do like the song but i just really don't like bruce Maybe springsteen. I was born to run. no we did uh i'm on fire oh i like that song which i think is a very good song you know what that's an easy one if you ever want to get out of like a karaoke thing do that song. <laughs> so and there's like no hook it's just like I'm on fire. just one long verse Easy. Yeah, and uh, it's two like two minutes long, so that's a good. It's a, one. It's a shorty. Uh, so, did you guys do your own version of it? We did a pretty faithful version. We did it in a different key to suit our singer a little better. I okay, remember, but that's it was pretty faithful. What do you think about like when a band takes a cover and they they do their own like I really go for it? I don't really care. Like, I like I'm, I'm not too precious about that sort of yeah. thing. Uh, I I got to I remember uh, this this is a good one. I remember we uh, volcanoes we covered a mid lake song once at a Shuba show, oh. and um. I just really wanted to sing it on stage. I don't know why, but it was nice. It was one Kavitz was in the band too, mm-hmm. so like we got to do some three part harmonies. I don't good. know if I know that. 
but um, the band Midlake. Yeah, I don't know if I know that band. They're one of my very faves. I think sure. you really dig them. But uh, anyways, then I went and saw with, I believe with Brad, saw Midlake at Shuba's and hung out with them after and got to tell them, hey guys. We played your song we played on your the song same stage? On the same stage. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's kind of fun. That was neat. I like that. They're nice boys. I don't. I think they're my, they might still be a band. Not sure. Their their one record got really big in the indie rock world, okay. and uh, I, it's weird because I don't like Fleetwood Mac really, and they kind of sound a lot like Fleetwood Mac in some ways. But like, I would say a little more sort of like jazz school, but versions of Fleetwood. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know how to describe. I'm probably doing a poor job describing. Hmm. I'll I'll send you a link, bud. Yeah, please do. Let's also send a link to Future Gear because that's what we do around here. We've got some gear to talk about this nice. week. And did so, we get to the bottom of that uh, amp from last week at all? No. Okay. Absolutely. Still not. holding on. I dude. I looked again. There's just no. <laughs> okay. I even tried to like tag them on the internet. They they're very, very limited internet presence uh, in social media. So. Okay. Nope, there. But here we go. Future Gear, Nope or Doke, Buck or Yuck. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Dave, but Fender's hit Acoustasonic series had a little, little new update. Really? They went all hog, baby. What? They went all hog. All hog? Yeah, dude. Instead of being uh, whatever they were before with, I think, like an ash body and maybe a maple top or yeah. some such, they're now just like fully mahogany. They went oh. Acoustasonic, all mahogany Telecaster, and all mahogany Jazzmaster. So it's the rest. It's the same deal with the Fishman pickups yeah. and the you know the American version. They changed out the wood in the body. They now just want all hog, and I really wanted to bring it up so I could say all hog all a couple hog. times. Yeah, I kind of like that though. I think uh, that might do something cool to the sound. All hog is also a term used in the Les Paul world. That's what I was thinking That's because what I of the different eras of Les Paul custom black black beauty guitars that. Sometimes had maple, sometimes didn't, like like a regular Les Paul sure. or a standard or whatever. Sometimes has maple, sometimes doesn't. Uh, some people would say the all hog is the real custom, but I say I don't care because I can't afford those ones. <laughs> we're going to have one anyways. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested in the Acoustasonic, which I think, I don't know. those I feel I still like they're like kind of little goofers, but I kind of like them. Uh, if you're interested in, interested in an all hog version, that's available. Uh, also, this I, I noted this next story specifically for you, Senior David. Uh, because Jack White has recently added to his live rig, he's touring right now and playing all sorts of the live music. He's added a fretless bass to his arsenal of stuff that he plays live. Really? Yeah. He uh, in uh, is on tour right now, show, showing off a Fender Custom Shop that was developed with uh, Tim Shaw and then Master Builder Chip Ellis. Oh wow! And it's a uh, it's a custom tele bass in blue sparkle. It's got white hardware with a uh, white it's armrest. It's a fretless tele bass. Yeah, dude. that's pretty cool. With and it's blue sparkle with white hardware. Oh, that's kind of rare. and it's got the and it's got the upper body yeah. armrest thing on there, which so looks so good. He's making a run right now because he did a jazz master a couple weeks ago. That that's they right. And it had, dude, I don't I, remember if we I didn't. About we it. didn't. But I was looking at that, and it has a it has like a pitch shifter or something like a, a, i don't know if it's a sh- pitch shifter or a phaser or something he's got some sort of weird effect really? built into that jazz master it's Fuck a three yeah. and also he did a three pickup telly oh he's okay been playing recently so he must have he must have sparked a real partnership with those fender yeah. boys because uh, i mean he's always played a lot of different stuff and he played gretch for a while which yeah. is owned by fender but uh you know he's also i mean everyone originally knew him as the silver tone airline, yeah, airline guy. guy yeah um did he uh 
did he did he sign a contract to keep his hair the same blue as that they marketed the guitars in? Because to be. there's got to be like they're like all right for like the next five years you got to keep your hair that blue. Yeah, I don't know. It's and here's a here's an esthetician to maintain that for you. <laughs> uh, apparently, the idea for this fretless telly bass arose because on his most recent uh, or it's actually a forthcoming solo record, Entering Heaven Alive. Interesting name. Mm-hmm. He played a Fender Artist Series Jocko fretless. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. That's what he said. That was on the record. This is this, this upcoming record that comes out next month. That's a great fretless bass. I have not played it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Bet. It's got to be. Uh, but yeah, so apparently he just called the those folks in California. I was like, "Yo, uh, want to do this?" And they're like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so now, yeah, that's so funny. I'm trying to think because we recently he was on was it like SNL or something? Not too long ago, he played with a trio. I'm trying to remember what guitar he was using. It was it was before this Fender deal. Obviously, mm-hmm. this was like maybe a year or two okay. ago. But I'm trying to think because um, I don't think he was playing like the airline thing either. He, oh, and he's been going through a lot of dude. He was playing like he had like a weird metal guitar. Yeah, I think it was a metal guitar. Yeah, he I think like Ernie Ball or yeah, something or like that. Or some he was shit. playing. Yeah, he's been. Oh, he was he was playing like EVH like Wolfgang style yes, guitars. Yes. He's, you know, I love that because yeah. that that is the thing. He was known for these like shit box guitars, and, yeah. And now he's like gone full custom shop and can done. Well, he's played everything. He really. said I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen him play a Les Paul, but I, re- I remember, and I'm sure you've heard this too. But he said in interviews that he liked the way how shitty those played because that helped him get his like sound. Yeah, like his attack is all based on that guitar not being. You had to playable. fight that thing. Yes, exactly. So that's kind of cool. So go check out Jack White on tour if you want to see a freaking yeah. fretless bass. Uh, oh, this is kind of cool. I was actually going to include this last week and then forgot. But uh, the company Anasounds, who's <clears throat> a pedal company, who makes, and we've talked about them before on this show, they make these reverb pedals that are uh, the tops you'll probably recognize because they they always do the like uh, wood sort of like inlay thing where the whole top is wooden mm-hmm. and uh, they're they have three different it's a it's a reverb pedal and then that comes with three different reverb tanks so you can use like a real analog spring reverb cool. tank with a pedal really cool but they've now uh, in their French company French effects firm Anasounds have announced the arrival of what they're calling the f- the full story which is a fuzz pedal <clears throat> It's a modular fuzz pedal, and within it has two slots, and you open it up, and you put these like cartridge-type things in there, and choose from two at any one time of a total of seven different Big Muff variants. Whoa. So you, you get one box. On the front, it's got three foot switches. You can control two different separate fuzz circuits and then it also has like a sort of range master style boost that's always just like built into the pedal that's fucking awesome isn't that cool yeah so it's got like i said it's all big muff variants they're calling them tone cards Hmm. Uh, this includes the triangle ram's head the black and red op amp civil war green russian and black russian wow they said that it also hopes to make more available and did you say it works standalone without the cartridges in it or do you have you have to are those additional I don't know tones? If the, no, that so I don't know. It would only be the boost yeah. that would be on at that point. So right. I'm not, that's a good question. I'm not sure if you can just just use the boost. Yeah, if it's I mean that seems like it's kind of like you might as well just load yeah, it up. Load it up. Yeah. But uh, there's also like I said, it's a germanium style, or I didn't say, but it's a Range Master style germanium bo- based uh, treble boost, which offers a choice of four different voicings when you think about it. So it's just boost on and off, or yeah. then a boost with either the fuzzes or boost with both fuzzes or just both fuzzes, right? Uh, like the tooth uh, fuzz slots can be used independently or stacked Um, they've also said that this is this is interesting i hadn't thought about this but it's a really good point so 
anybody that's used a bunch of old or weird or different fuzz pedals or even new fuzz pedals knows that first of all they're very sensitive to where you put them in the uh, order of your pedals yeah as i found <clears> out <throat> as you've definitely discussed on the show baby and also the how they interact with pickups and different types mm-hmm. of pickups sure so in this pedal they've also tackled this issue which is an impedance issue when it comes down to it and installed a built-in pickup simulator basically it's like they've sort of like built in like a humbucker simulator in right. there so that it solves it like, just works with it whatever just works you with and, 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 it, and it sort of standardizes what right. it's going to sound like with a bunch of different types of guitars that's fucking which, smart so they call it the full story collector's edition it includes a pedal and all seven big muff style tone cards it'll be available in july here's where i ask oh, you dude what do you think and i've got okay so uh, I had, I didn't. Do I didn't the tone cards come it's, with it? it's in euros, which I think Move. is going to be the same as dollars. So we'll just say I'll just dollars. call dollars. Yeah. yeah. So I've got the, I've got the price here. Uh, it's currently sold out. Pre-orders are sold out. What do you think it costs? What do the tone cards look like? Are they like Nintendo cartridges? No, they're kind of just little circuit board things with little connectors. Okay. On there. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm just wondering, like, do you have to carry those around like with you, or you probably just load up? Probably for the gig? load them up before the gig. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I'm just be wondering if you have swap. to like put them in a case or something. Yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I like logistics of the things because you know this matters they I might mean, you know honestly i didn't look i didn't consider that it's gotta be some kind point. of little case for there might be a little yeah there might be a little cloth bag i mean maybe just toss it in a yeah. royal crown bag or crown ooh, royal if you're not into great. soda pop and uh, uh i'm give gonna us a guess ooh, 4.99 3.99 yeah dude All that's right. good i, I love, love when I'm, you jump over i love when i'm over dude uh, uh, i want one definitely uh, want one i know and yeah. i'm not even like we've talked about i'm not a big big muff guy right i didn't mean to say it that way you're not a big big muff anyway. guy i'm a large big muff guy <laughs> I'm a big large muff guy and i still want it because yeah. it sounds really fun to stack them up with a boost. i would love to try all the different tones and like just see which one you like and it's most. it's a, got a wooden top on it which that just looks cool and it's all and and so you've got individual controls for each of them but there's also sort of like master controls too so okay. you can do like overall output and, and that whole like humbucker that. idea is brilliant pick up pick up simulator built yeah. into the freaking pedal man that's crazy how neat is that I wonder if it's a heavy device with all that stuff going on well i mean i'll tell you the freaking tones are heavy yeah heavy tones Oh boy, I got a couple more pieces of gear to talk about. Uh, this one is actually something that you might want to put uh, underneath uh, what we were just talking about because uh, I want to talk about some pedal boards for a second. That Ooh. I think that these might have been announced before but didn't ever make their way out because I missed them. I found some old stuff about them on the internet, but I've also found some new stuff about them on the internet. So we're just going to talk about it now. Palmer, who we've talked about before. Palmer is a company that's been in the gear world for a long time mostly famous for their Palmer speaker simulator that was like the de-rigueur standard and still is for a lot of players, frankly, like big time touring acts for speaker simulator rack units instead of micing your cabs on stage or maybe in tandem with doing it, get a Palmer speaker speaker simulator. I feel I've just heard him referred to as like get a Palmer, like as almost like Kleenex or something. But they've been doing this shit for 40 years. Uh, turns out I didn't know that uh, making that, but also like DI's uh, speaker sims. I really, the more that I learn about Palmer historically, because I've only ever really thought about them for the speaker simulator, they kind of feel like radial to me in a lot of ways, where they've been solving these like very sort of big specific uh, audio problems for a yeah. long time. Anyways, they now have pedal boards that they made, and and you might be thinking to yourself, what's so special about that? Talking about those? Yeah. Well, it's not just a pedal board, friend. It's also 
a freaking really smart integrated power supply. And we've had this before too. But basically, from when you look at it from the top, it looks like the sort of tried and true. The flat like pedal train. Raised pedal train, but it's got adjustable wheel uh the like wheel feet, feet on the back yeah, right. so you can kind of kick up and adjust the, that's cool the adjust height. the angle on it that's my nice. favorite thing about it is they've they've developed because they also make really robust powerful power supplies it's kind of annoying even the way that i have mine with brackets like it's kind of annoying to mount them unless you're you're a professional or whatever what they've done is they've created this system where instead of being like a sort of that like standard size power box that we're all used to seeing that that brick They've created this strip that actually on any of the trusses that you want locks in and has eight individual power outlets coming out of the back, real high power for wow. your whole, whole pedal board. So it's, it doesn't take up any extra space underneath or anything like That's that. That's cool. It just like there's just basically like a cutout mm-hmm. in the in each of those little slats and it can pop in there and then it like, you know, you run your power out from that. That's fantastic. And, then, and, and it's it looks super clean. And uh, man, I could if I was buying a new pedal board. Yeah, it, it's pretty affordable. We'll get to that too. Uh, from Palmer, a company that you trust, comes yeah. with a nice, like sort of gig bag carrying bag. I'll be thinking about them. It's six nine volt, three hundred milliamp isolated DC outputs, and then two switchable nine twelve eighteen volt, five hundred milliamp isolated DC outputs. That's beefy. That's powerful enough to run your Strymon or yeah. you know any of the real super po- uh, needy electron or digital base pedals these days. And I'm guessing they only have one size for right now. Probably. They have two sizes. Okay. So there's the forty and the sixty, which are centimeters. Pretty okay. Yeah. So you know whichever Pretty whichever suits your style. Uh, again, that I want to go back though that adjustable height and tilt thing. That's huge. I man. love that. How I haven't like, seen that. Nobody before. has that. <laughs> the, well, the, on my every pedal train I've ever had, it's a rigid sort of like uh, down bar that comes yep. from the back. So you know it's the same tubing, but it's I would love to be able to kick it up. Yeah, a little sometimes bit or, you want a better angle or you know just dang dang. So uh, each model comes with a padded carry bag with accessory pocket and shoulder strap. Um, I, I, I need it. one. I mean, I'm still in the market. Technically. You are. I love it. What would you pay for the for the 40 and the 60? Two prices. Uh, two prices. I mean, well, I know pedal pedal boards to me they get seem expensive. expensive. Now, and I can only assume this is on the higher end because it is powered. Palmer is a trusted name. Palmer's trusted for 40 years. And it's a unique idea, too. Yeah. That's the thing. It's uh, Yeah, there are, have been other. You own one. I've owned them. The pedal boards that came with power built in. But this is definitely a sort of different approach and more sort of like professional uh, uh, tier option, I would say. Two, but that said, what would you Yeah, pay? both sizes. I'm going to say uh, 150 and 200 for Ooh, both Okay, sizes. one under a little bit. The yeah. 269 and 299. Oh, boy. You got to remember, it includes a power supply. Right. A lot, like my power supply that I have on my pedal board costs more than either of those. Yeah, Just exactly. on its own, you right. know? So that the fact that it, you get the, ba- the bag, the board, and the power for the whole thing. I feel I'm I feel sold, like 269 yeah. 299 are Especially like totally reasonable. Yeah. yeah, that's nice, man. I I I kind of I'm kind of interested. I'm not really like We're not really in the market, gigging, but yeah. I could still yeah, always I mean, I've got a lot of pedals that aren't doing anything so it's sure put do. together another pedal board or pulling together, man. Okay, that was that. Um, here we go. Last piece of gear that we're going to talk about this week is something that's like super weird and out of the ordinary and um, I've never seen something quite like it and it comes back to what we were talking about briefly earlier about teenage engineering, the OP one mm-hmm. and this, and, and that is, that's this sort of like self-contained portable all in one synthesizer recorder thing, right? It's yep. like, it's got all the sounds built in. You can record to it. It's designed, you can integrate it with other stuff for sure, but it's like, you don't need really, to. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to. Well, anyways, there's this new piece of gear that I discovered that I think 
came out, let's see. It, it was the first announced back like a few months back or maybe released a few months back, very sold out right now. But that is from a company called Dirty Wave and it is called the M8. It might be Mate now that I think about it. <laughs> Not sure. All right. So what it is is basically uh, what I would consider to be a take on a, an OP1 killer or you know something entering that type of space sure. it's an all-in-one tracker sequencer and synthesizer mm-hmm. so sequencer 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 and synthesizer are two things that we talk about all the time around here no big sure. deal but tracker is kind of a different concept and tracker i'm not going to try to get into a full deep history of it but basically tracker software led to kind of what we use for daws and digital recording software today trackers but it's it's a very different approach it's really sort of like grid and number based mm. Uh, and you, you might have seen it, you might not have before, but it is a wholly different approach to sort of like creating music, right? And this takes that tracker approach. So instead of, you know, you sing like waveforms or whatever, it's more about like patterns and that sort of okay. thing. But they're all, it's all these like number grids. It's almost like, uh, hard like, to, hard to describe without showing it. Kind of like, uh, using like a sequencer, like a, like a, well, it has a, it has a sequencer, but the tracker part is what I'm talking about. It's. It's it's really like a matrix of numbers, yeah. and then those each gr- each column and row corresponds to certain things. Gotcha. And so it's the sort of thing that, and I'm talking about it this way because in order to be interested in something like this, like you're going to have to, there's probably going to be if you've never used a tracker specific software before, there's going to be some growing pains, right? Like sure, sure. You're going to have to like get your head around a new sort of big learning curve technology, which yeah. is actually an old sort of technology for sure. Uh, so it's actually it's a portable tracker sequencer, and I should add when I say portable. Uh, the OP one, you it is technically portable, but you're not putting that thing in your pocket, right? Like that's yeah. portable in, in that it's battery powered and you put it in a backpack. Backpack, right. This thing was inspired by a Game Boy. So oh. it really is about Game Boy size. No shit. And it's a really interesting construction. It's like it's only it's got eight buttons on it and a screen. And in the screen you can like swipe and do stuff. Mm-hmm. It's sort of this it's hard to it's kind of it's both futuristic it's sort of like retro futuristic looking away where it's like what i think that they would have thought the future would look like in the 80s kind of where it's like this like really flat construction and in in like the buttons and the screen all sort of like sit on top of that okay it's very hmm. modern but hmm. again sort of alien looking and the buttons are like real clacky they're all just they're just like eight buttons that are sort of vaguely in like the game boy yeah ish like a, yeah video game S- controller so kind or... of but not really and then yeah and then the screen like i said it it has like swipe capabilities and stuff, but you're not going to be doing a lot of that on there. That's more just like turning things up or down. I don't, I okay. don't think you're going to be yeah. doing like deep menu diving because it is it is a very sort of retro looking experience on the screen. It's right. a nice screen, but it's kind of like Game Boy E looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it features uh, eight tracks of freely assignable instruments capable of a wide range of sounds, including waveform synthesis, FM, virtual analog, sample play- playback, and MIDI output. So I should add it has audio in and out as well as midi in and out on eighth inch uh you know or eighth inch jacks that you'll need to use adapters with to sure. like sort of get to whatever you're trying to do with it uh so like i said wave synth it's got um which that's kind of the like video game chiptune kind of synthesizer mm-hmm. built into it uh it's got macro synth which is based on the mutable instruments braids which is a very popular Eurorack synth uh, it's got FM, which is, you know, your DX7s, Yamaha sounds of the world. Okay. It's got a sampler. It's got MIDI instruments where you can send MIDI out from it to integrate with the rest of your setup. So it's not just a self-contained thing. It could very much be sort of like it, yeah. 
a center heartbeat of a larger, much That's larger setup. Cool. Yeah, it has global uh, reverb, chorus delay, and a master bus limiter, so it's got effects built in, which is awesome. Uh, and then also, <clears throat> it has sample recording. Uh, it does song rendering. It's um, it there's no sample memory or length limitation. Um, it's all it doesn't have internal storage, but it includes um, an SDHC memory card. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're probably going to want to get your own because I think what let me check. I think it's includes. I don't remember what size it includes. Maybe like 32. It, it's not a very big one, so you're going to probably want to get a bigger one eventually. Um, but it's here's the thing. It's got a 1200 milliamp hour USB rechargeable battery for up to six hours of use on charge. That's cool. At a time, which is awesome. Yeah, that's that is like that is one of the selling features for me. So here's the thing. All those all those features built into a little box. Like that sounds cool, and whatever. But like, if it doesn't sound great. Who gives a shit? Well, I watched just like some guy's demo video of it for like ten minutes, and I was like, "Holy crap! Sounds this awesome. thing sounds good. Really? It, this, yeah, like to the point that I want to learn how to use tracker software." Yeah, to I was going to say, thing, "I'm dude. like, I don't know where to start." Yeah, yeah it's, it's I I've downloaded I've I, I had like a Game Boy, um, it was like an emulator synthesizer plugin okay. before, yeah. and and I tried to get my head around the tracker thing i was just like i don't i don't get it and and i went and just like went back to what i know how to use already yeah. you know watching this just like 10 minute demo video of this thing i was like i, I want to do it but also because it's the sort of thing where you don't have to be at home i could go like to the park right and have some headphones plugged into this and thing just, and then be like yeah. learning it and creating yeah, music with, with it six and hour battery on exactly that thing, go anywhere go into the middle of the lake and and so then it's also cool too because it's like while I do think that just like the internal sounds sounded freaking phenomenal I, yeah. and I'm like very interested in, in getting them into my world, it also still has MIDI output so you can you know create a part with the whatever built-in synth or whatever it is in that machine but then like take it to your take it home and plug it into your computer or, right. or whatever your MIDI setup is and then use like your full whatever your whatever your rig is you can plug it in and just use all those sounds too built in with this thing and said it's sort of like the master heart of your beat heartbeat of your that's kind of fucking awesome man yeah it's a very different approach um that's the thing that worries me like watching the guy interact with it it's not you know hitting drum beat drum pads yeah. or playing keys it's, it's a, a, it's a different you're sort right. of thing you're using you're using the the buttons but the, the one the reviewer i can't remember the guy's name whose video i watched about it but the point that he made was that that was very interesting to me was that it's the first and he's a big synth guy. Maybe it's like accidental synthesis or something like that. He said it's the first synthesizer he's ever used where after a while he didn't have to look at the buttons anymore. Oh, you know right. what I mean? Like you're, he could just navigate because it's so simple. It's like an instrument it. in itself. He in could just way. navigate it with without looking or That's thinking about cool. it, which is interesting. But he did he did also say that it took like four or five sessions with it before he really felt like he he was sort of like i hated it and then i was like yeah stubborn so i was like i'm just gonna force myself to like this and then eventually he like i gotta like wrap my mind around this i'm not yeah but includes both uh, so here's another cool thing includes like an internal soft case like a nice soft bag a hard case oh adapter to go i don't remember which adapter i think it's adapter to go from like one of the midi adapters oh okay uh and an sd card sold out multiple batches are sold out until november oh wow can't even pre-order it right now but one it is available for pre-order mr david tell us it's uh what should it cost to mind you the teenage engineering uh op1 yeah. which is sort of the com- competition like is or something? somewhere in the 1200 range originally i think yeah because they raised the price we talked about it a lot yeah. but i think it's and, like 1200 right now and, and then now this, the new version is like 2000 right because they're so valuable and does extra shit but um 
Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. I would say like would you price it's got to be like fifteen hundred or something like that, dude. Though sold out until November, when pre-orders open up, I will be pre-ordering it because it's only five fifty. What? Yeah. Oh well, then they're gonna smoke that those other guys. It's a different. Although approach. you got that learning curve, it's yeah, a different yeah, approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But dang, does it sound cool? That's cool though. Yeah. I'm inspired by this machine. I, I want to play with it. I know. It looks so fun. And like I said, there are, of course, so many trackers out there, that piece of software that you could use to kind of like do something like this. But it seems like this total package with the built-in synths that they've included that yeah. just sounds so good that I, like that this specifically could be the thing that gets me to, to, to like Is trackers. There- so there's no it, it has to be hardware involved like, there's no where you can practice a tracker like if you don't there have are, like thing. i said there's like software where yeah. you can the, you know Emulates you can download it because it, it, it is built on this sort of like game boy tracker idea right uh and and there are tons of pieces of software if you looked it up that you could find and try yeah. stuff but again it's like you know you're, you're still using that tracker to like trigger other things and right. and, the, and the thing is with this particular dirty wave m8 potentially mate might <laughs> i might uh it's the sounds, man. It sounded so freaking good. I want to. I I just want to. I want to like. That's everything. Right? I mean, that's it. the whole point. That's the whole it? point. Damn. And and it just looks like a freaking like a weird sci-fi Game Boy. Did you get on like their mailing list? So you know when they uh, come back out again or something? Well, I I have been checking. Like I said, they they've it's said that November. they're they're sold out through November, and and they've already also added the sort of warning that chips are tough to come by right oh, now. Oh yeah. So they, you know, Shit. this is pending that the fact that they can get their next shipment of chips did you say where, where they were i don't believe that i did because i don't believe that i know okay just curious but they're called dirty wave uh fuck yeah yeah so i'm excited about that it's nice to get excited about some old new future tech here in the future gear dave i could see you nerding out on something like that i you could know? too right but it, it is fun too because it's almost like learning another instrument you know in a way. yeah and it's, it's something that i don't absolutely i absolutely do not know yeah. how, to, how to use right now so it would be a complete fresh start with that which sounds which who doesn't want a fresh start dude that's kind of refreshing to think about because i'm like you know maybe you'll approach it with like this childlike wonder and just oh. be like, and you'll write some kind of cool idea that you never would have written on yep. a standard instrument, you know? Damn right. Now, and I could do it in the freaking middle of my favorite local park. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Damn, that was a fun, almost like might've been a beefer now that I'm looking at yep. it. Wow. I didn't, oh, yep. I thought this was going to be a shorty, but it might've, we might've gone for it. I just it. lose all track of time when I'm in here, man. So that's, you know? that's a beautiful thing when you're having fun. That's right. And uh, so thank you for being here with me yeah, on buddy. this random Wednesday. Yeah, Even thanks for accommodating my wacky days. schedule. This Have fun week. at your at your at your stack party. <laughs> thanks, bro. Yeah. And uh, folks, if you made it this far, why don't you go make some music? Yeah. <laughs>